often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to the Slapbox Podcast. This is episode 465. I am your host, Josh Albrecht. Once again, chilling, not grilling, but I'm chilling inside the Slapbox uh, penthouse. Almost said bunker. Haven't been there in a little over a month. It's been a minute, you know? So, uh, yeah, in the penthouse. I was grilling, I guess, earlier, sort of. Frying is more like it. Frying on the stove. I had some shrimp. And I put in a frying pan, a little butter. Heat it up to put in my ramen. Got the shrimp from a coworker, Carol, so she she hooked me up with that. So uh, my ramen's not quite as uh, plain Jane. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I mean, I eat a lot of ramen. Uh, I I often put throw a little uh, hot sauce in there, old Frank's Red Hot, give it a little kick, a little bam, Emerald Lagasse style. Although I don't know. I don't know if Emerald uses Frank's Red Hot. I'm not sure. Haven't seen any of this stuff in a long time. I think it was usually salt that he used to kick it up a notch. But I, you know, I don't know. I think he used all kinds of spices. I digress. Uh, yeah, so I'm uh, once again in the uh, penthouse. I'll make sure I'll get that right. As uh, I finally got around to yesterday changing the oil in my car. I would have done it uh, the week of the 4th when I was off work for the holiday, but didn't have the right socket to take off the oil filter, which is kind of a problem. So I did that. Finally got it, got it done. Ended up uh, doing it by myself, too. It was the first time I had ever uh, driven a car onto ramps. It was a little unnerving. My car, the Mini Coopers, if, I'm sure most people are aware, of, you know, they're very small cars and they're low to the ground. I mean, if you're raised off the ground, out the wind will just, you know, I imagine pick it up and throw it. <laughs> but uh, that being the case with it being so low to the ground, can't exactly just get under it, change the oil without jacking it up or uh, putting it on jack stands, whatever, you know, jack it up. Jack it up. But uh, I didn't use a jack. I uh, went and got some uh, ramps from O'Reilly's. Not a sponsor, but uh, I do uh, do like the O'Reilly's as far as automotive shops go, as uh, it was, or I guess still is, right down the street from the Slapbox bunker. Um, so it was very convenient for me for many years to uh, get stuff from them. And also, I just like the... I like the uh, guys over there and uh, just the you know, what they have in stock. I generally enjoy going there as opposed to uh, other automotive shops here in town. It's it's my go-to. Um, so I got ramps from there. Oh, shit. Uh, and uh, <laughs> wheel chuck, chocks, whatever, chucks to, uh, you know, stop it from uh, rolling over on me. That would be great. I don't want to die underneath my car. I was a little nervous, though getting it on the ramps it wasn't too bad putting it on the ramps but it was hard to line the ramps up just right and i didn't quite get them centered the wheels centered on the ramps but thankfully again my car very light (laughs) and i think those ramps are rated for a way heavier vehicle um it wasn't too too difficult for me to get it on there though uh the uh the about the whole thing was just getting the 
all the oil to drain out. Is uh, it was a, quite a bit overdue on the oil change, and uh, I it, once now that I've done it, I feel like I can easily do it again next time. So that I feel good about that because I don't want to have to pay like a mini dealership or somebody that specializes in minis to change my oil. It seems a bit much. Uh, so. And the car does seem like it's running a lot better once I did that. I was I was very paranoid about after the fact that uh, I would have oil dri- uh, dripping and everything is, or just leaking everywhere because uh, I was using a torque wrench for the first time. Never used a torque wrench before. I've used plenty of ratchets, but never a torque wrench with all this, you know, uh, measurements and everything on there. Wasn't and I got a cheaper torque wrench. I would prefer that, uh, I, I wish I would have at least uh, gotten a better torque wrench with more measurements on there. This one just has very few measurements, and it's still kind of guesswork with it. I would have preferred to get one that actually had the measurements I needed that might have helped a, a wee bit. Um, <laughs> but uh, as it were, you know, it. I guess it worked. I guess I got it on there tight enough, and uh, hopefully I didn't, you know, strip anything out. As uh, mini parts, very expensive. Uh, I was nervous underneath the car for a while, uh, because I still just didn't feel too comfortable with it just on those ramps. I was just like, man, if this thing fucking falls on me, like I'm, it's going to be a bad day if I even survive. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I imagine I might just be able to get with a, like a broken bone or something, but I don't know what happened if that would just like fall on me. Like, I mean, I guess. My phone was underneath me, so I guess I could have, like, called, you know, emergency services. Maybe one of my neighbors would have heard me yell or something. I don't know. It would have not been a good day. (laughs) Never, it never shook or anything, though. And I was down there, and uh, the drain plug for the oil was on there pretty damn good. And so right away, that was the first thing I took off. And, you know, I put a lot of strength into, like, taking that bolt loosening that bolt up and it was a little nervous at first like I'm pulling this pretty hard please car don't fall on me don't give <laughs> she didn't though she didn't fall on me <laughs> as I'm, I'm quite pleased by that that would have sucked ass uh, but again yeah I get I guess I, I uh, <laughs> did decent okay I guess with the torque wrench I know it's supposed to click when you're in place but like I think I, I got it to where it like in like one click and uh, I, I think I did it properly. So I guess I'll find out if I'm driving around and then eventually, you know, that the uh, drain plug comes out or just the oil filter, just bam, out. That would uh, that would not be good. Oil, they just go everywhere. It's like all day, or when I drove to work this morning, I looked under the car, make sure there was no oil, <laughs> like constantly. Just every so often go under there, like, look, like, okay, I don't hear, see anything. Throws me off too with the AC, because when you run the AC a lot, you know you're gonna have a lot of dripping just of water and such from the car. And then uh, after you really blast that for a while while you're driving, come back and then it's, it's dripping. That doesn't drip by the oil <laughs> where the oil is though, so that's good. That's good. So uh, so th- and, you know, I I feel pretty confident on my ability to change oil in the Mini Cooper now. I'm not saying I'm going to open up a shop in my garage now for Mini Coopers, but uh, 
I'll at least be able to fix my own, which is a big plus. Although still kind of expensive for the oil and everything. Uh, the oil I'm putting into it, uh, the kit I use is like 80-something dollars. So uh, it does, of course, come with uh, the fuel filter, or the, not sorry, the uh, oil filter plus the gasket and another washer for the uh, oil drain plug to replace that. So, of course, the oil. <laughs> and, well, they give you, like, a like five-quart uh, thing, a little over five-quart container, and then there is a, an extra, like, uh, quart on the side, so in that case you uh, run a little low, you can top it off. So you get plenty of oil with the kit, and I get that on uh, minimania.com. And they've got a lot of, uh, I mean, they've got, Everything on there, basically, that you need for a mini. And, of course, they've got, uh, which I haven't <laughs> I haven't done yet, but uh, they have the decals and, like, the mirror caps. You can get, like, the checkered pattern mirror caps and such on there, which I would like to do at some point, but uh, they're pretty pricey on their website. Like, the mirror caps are phew, 200 bucks or something. I, I'm not sure. I'd, I have to pull that up. There's a... Uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> I'd love to at least have the mirror caps. I definitely would like some racing stripes. There is a... Maybe I shouldn't be looking the <laughs> this up. as I might just end up making some bad decisions here as uh, <laughs> I'm pulling this website up. Uh, I still don't, you know, need to spend a whole lot of money since I have this whole mortgage thing working out and a car payment. This is, you know... Um, uh, let's see here. There, why is okay, you bastards? <laughs> uh, I have to select all my stuff here. Yeah, we're going to 2014. It is a 2014 mini, it is Cooper S. And uh, yeah, here, here we go. I almost got that son of a bitch. Where a oh, 56 that's the uh, the gen, all that stuff manual. Not that any of this shit matters for uh. <laughs> Buying decals, but here to check out the, I mean, they've got, you can basically build the whole car almost. I mean, they don't have like the frame or the whole body you can get on here, but there's a lot of the uh, uh, parts on here and you can get, you know, upgrades. Here we go. Exterior. That's what we want. We want the exterior. They've got some body kits up in this bitch. Um, Here we go. Mirror caps. That's what I'm looking for. So it's not just like a decal you're putting over it. You're actually replacing the plastic of the uh, mirror cap. And uh, why am I only seeing Generation 2 here? <laughs> um, son of a bitch. There is a... Uh, it's it's uh, going to fuck with me here? Here we go. Let's check this out. Um, yeah, I like the... Uh, they have the... Uh, gray and black checkered pattern. I kind of like that. But, uh, do, do, do. <clears throat> oh, that is not for mine, though. You assholes. <laughs> Why would that not work on mine? Um, there is a... And Why the fuck? Are they sold out of the mirror caps? What is going on here? What are you fucking doing to me, assholes? I guess they don't have any... <laughs> currently for my uh 
my current mini. Why the fuck is this uh, a thing, man? You assholes. Uh, I want to say they're like 200 bucks though, or something like that. I don't know why that uh, they are not selling this shit. Uh, <laughs> you assholes. Oh, here we go. I think I found. I think I found the uh, <laughs> the proper ones here. It is two hundred bucks, and I guess that's for both. I would I would assume. Uh, hopefully not just one. That'd be like four hundred dollars. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, they uh, they got several options as far as that goes. I think you might be able to find the mirror caps cheaper on like Amazon or something. I know there's uh cheap uh China knockoffs of uh, some of the many things like the. Uh, Puddle lights, which I had, uh, I purchased myself for like, I don't know, 20 something, $30. I don't know what it was. Whereas on here, it's like an, almost $200 for the puddle lights that uh, have a projector on them that pr- uh, projects like the Mini Cooper logo on the ground when you open the door. So there's a, <laughs> it's almost like a bat insignia. And you can get it with the, the British Bulldog on there, which is pretty fantastic. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, they have several options on here, though, as far as the mirror caps are concerned. They have, I believe this is the uh, JCW Pro. Yeah, here we go. That's John Cooper Works, if you're unfamiliar with Mini Lingo. But the JCW means the John Cooper Works, which is like the top-line Mini, which John Cooper is the uh, one, uh, guy that, I guess, uh, designed originally designed the Mini. So uh, that's where the car gets its name, or at least owner. <laughs> I don't remember exactly how that works. But uh, the John Cooper Works has like a – it's split like half and half. The top half is a solid red. Then the bottom half is a black and gray checkered pattern, which is kind of cool. But I don't have the John Cooper Works. I don't want people thinking it is. <laughs> I think that might you know raise my insurance on it too. I don't want that. I, I doubt that – they would think that. They, I don't think my insurance company is going around to see what's on my car to make sure that uh, it is. <laughs> uh, oh, man, the chrome ones cost even more. Fuckers. The chromes are, are 250 but they, they look nice. I like the chrome. But on here they have, uh, of course, the Union Jack, uh, which is, of course, the British flag, which I'd, <laughs> I'd still feel weird having a British flag on shit. Uh, I like the blackjack though. It's like a blacked out version of the Union Jack. That's kind of cool. Uh, there's a Speedwell blue, which is like a plaid pattern. That's interesting. I think I would still just go with the uh, checkered pattern. Although I don't see it listed on here, you sons of bitches. <laughs> Maybe they're sold out of that one. Then there's a, a one called the Big Bang, and it's got. Uh, Vroom vroom, I think on it is what it says with some like red and white background. Uh, that is, uh, <clears throat> man, why are the cr- man, chromers really pricey there? It looks nice though. Cro- I, I think that would probably look pretty sharp with my white car. I, I, I need to stop looking at this shit. This is, this is bad news. <laughs> We don't, I don't want my wallet getting all fucked up here, but this is uh, this is highly tempting. And for some reason, I'm talking like Werner Herzog. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> man, that would that would be that would look nice to get that. I got re- okay. 
closing that website out. <laughs> uh, no, one purchase, though, I did make that was very helpful and really, I think, up my game here at the penthouse is, uh, well, uh, I purchased a Wi-Fi extender. And because I've been having issues, I have my router in the upstairs in the master bedroom because, well, that's where I have my computer set up and that's where I spend most of my time is in the master bedroom. Got the PlayStation 4 hooked up in there. I'm watching TV in there. That's my my baiting room. <laughs> uh, so got to have good internet connection there. So I have stuff uh, hardwired in that room to get the best connection possible, especially the P- gaming PC. That's got to be hardwired. And then uh, so I get really good Wi-Fi in that room. Not a problem. But in the downstairs... I was having issues, especially when running the microwave, uh, because if, uh, I guess Wi-Fi works as like a radio signal and, uh, some of the uh, stuff that comes out, cause, uh, routers nowadays have like two channels, I guess you want to say, uh, they have like 2.4 gigahertz and then there's the five gigahertz and, uh, microwaves, <laughs> Or to save wave wavelength, the 2.4 uh, gigahertz or hertz, whatever it is. Uh, and uh, <laughs> if you run the microwave there before I put the extender downstairs, if you would run the microwave, it would kill my internet connection. So I'm trying to watch some YouTube cha- uh, videos or some Netflix. And all of a sudden, no, no, I can't. Loss of internet connection. So Monday night after... Uh, making uh dinner i went over to target and uh picked up a a wi-fi extender and it was i think after tax it was like right at about $30 um it's the tp link uh i believe is the brand and then so it's really easy to put up i just went uh my router's also a TP-Link uh, dealio, and uh, I the what model number I do not know off the top of my head, <laughs> or the extender for that matter. But uh, I was able to get it going fairly quickly. Uh, you can, of course, scan a QR code on the uh, package or the instructions, rather, and uh, and then it gives you a link to this app, this Tether app, where you can connect your devices. The uh, ooh, Archer A7, that's my router. And then the RE205 is the extender. But uh, it took maybe, I don't know, 10 minutes altogether. One, uh, signing up for everything. Signing up for the app. I think I had to sign up for it, create some kind of password or something. And then uh, I was able to link the uh, router with the extender relatively quickly at first you have to plug the extender in near like right next to your router and then once you get it uh, connected up then you can then take it and put it where you want uh, where you're having problems with wi-fi and they say that you're supposed to go like halfway between where the real problem is and your uh, wi-fi router so uh, i i did that and now, man, the internet connection downstairs is fucking on par. I didn't do a speed test down there. 
but I'd say it's pretty much equivalent to what uh, kind of speeds I'm getting in the, in the upstairs by the router. So that was pretty exciting. I can watch YouTube videos now downstairs without it fucking up, without it just like pausing and everything. That's just fucking annoying. <laughs> so I oh I love the extending that you know get that uh, extender up in that bitch. Um, <laughs> So yeah, now I I got that. I still haven't managed to get my uh, big screen TV on the wall down there though. I do have the uh, I don't know if I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, but like I I, uh, I know that I I brought up whenever I got from uh, Toddy, my good buddy Todd, uh, the uh, TV. It's a 52 inch, I believe, and then I got a wall mount for it, which they had a shitty cheap little uh, level on it that you had on the kit, very small, maybe about an inch. I mean, I don't even know it was an inch big. It was, it was a small little level that was like made out of like cardboard and plastic. And, uh, you put it on the wall mount when you're, uh, <laughs> putting it on the wall, of course. And, uh, it showed that it was level whenever I put it on the wall, according to that cheap little level, it showed that it was level. Then Muffin Man came over here during the uh, holiday weekend, and <laughs> we put it on the wall, not level, not level at all. The thing was very crooked. <laughs> so then I had no choice but to take it back down, and then I had to uh, pull the, unbolt the mount from the wall and drill even more holes into the wall and into the studs to try and get this TV on the wall, but... uh I did that after Muffin Man uh, left, and then I haven't had anybody over to help me like put the TV back on the on the wall mount. So it's still just sitting on my floor on a on a comforter, and uh, there it sits now. I did have too an issue. Uh, one of the times I picked up <laughs> the TV off the comforter, that brown recluses like ran out. There's still a lot of brown recluses. I really need to get some heavy duty spray and just fucking spray in all the corners and stuff and try to kill these fucking brown recluses, man. This, uh, it's a real problem as, uh, (laughs) many years ago, which I talked about, uh, when it happened on the podcast, but it was many years ago. So I couldn't tell you what episode, um, but I did get bit by a brown recluse and had a very uh, bad reaction to it. Bite itself never got real bad, but, uh, I had staph infection just horrible shit. And uh, needless to say, I don't want to get bit by another brown recluse. But there are a lot of them here. So I feel like, it's, you know, it might happen. There's a strong chance. Strong chance. So I, I need to win that battle. I need to take these guys out. I need there to be a brown recluse holocaust up in here, you know. I don't usually uh, condone genocide. But in this case, I will. As uh, I take some pleasure when I smash those brown recluses because I don't, but also I'm a little leery when I try to do it because I don't want some accident. I don't want that fucker getting away and then like uh, biting me. I had an incident two days ago, I think it was. I uh, went to take a shower and I didn't look uh, and hesitate long enough before I got in the shower, but like I started to put my foot in the shower as I opened up uh, the shower uh, curtain. And a brown recluse made a run for my foot. Man, it was... I pulled my foot up, but it was very close to, I think, striking. 
And uh, I was just like, holy shit. <laughs> you little fuckers. Like, this is not what I, I expect to take me out. I, f- I think if uh, if I were to be like Nostradamus about how I'm going to die, I'm going to venture to guess it's going to be on the toilet. I spend a lot of time on the toilet, and I, I think I'll have just some kind of heart attack or something. Something I'm going to push too hard, and then that that's it. I'm going to push all my intestines out my ass. Pink sock, more than a pink sock, it's going to be a pink tent out the back. <laughs> and then done. Then done. That's uh. <laughs> I'm not going out in my sleep. I'm going out on the shitter. Uh, <laughs> I I don't think it'll be quite the uh, 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 <laughs> the way Elvis died, but it will be on the toilet. Uh, as I don't, I think Elvis was on some kind of pills. I I don't rem- it don't recall now. Let's see. Let's see what Google has to say. Oh, it was a heart attack. Okay, let's. This is a history.com has got some stuff here. Oh, it's the History Channel's website. All right. This is uh, August 16th of 77. So, yeah, it's almost the anniversary of his death. As uh, We just got pretty much a month away. As, uh, yeah, he was 42. So, we, oh, man, not much older than I am now. We're like the same age. As, uh, <laughs> the death of the king of rock and roll brought legions of mourning fans to Graceland his mansion in Memphis. Doctor said he died of a heart attack likely brought on by his addiction to prescription barbiturates. I knew pills were thought to be involved. But, uh, yeah, so I could see uh, that being a problem. And I guess it goes into in this article about the, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> conspiracy that he, that he uh, didn't die, that he was hiding out. But at birth, I guess, he had a twin that had died. A twin named Jesse, I believe is what that article had said. Uh, so there, I think there's a lot of conspiracy about that. That is like it was his twin that actually died and then Elvis was still good. He was just hiding out. His twin didn't actually die in birth. <laughs> that, uh, you know. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what's going on with my uh, throat here. Here lately, this has been a real issue. There's something in here that kind of messes with my uh, allergies or something, and then it's like I I really hear it a lot too, especially when I go back to do the recordings that I'm constantly trying to clear my throat. I you're like there's something weird going on. I don't know what it is. There's something in the penthouse. There's something in the walls. Maybe it's an Edgar Allan Poe situation. There could be dead bodies in the walls. Like somebody was buried alive basically in the walls. Maybe put it in there with a little concrete or something. That that, that seems legit, right? <laughs> no one would ever know. Uh, although the end, there's maybe the neighbors would smell it eventually. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Loki wrapped up its final season, which, uh, or not final season, final episode of the season. And uh, I got to say, it was good. It was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, I thought uh, this is a bit of a spoiler, but I don't think it's really that bit of a spoiler if you don't know <laughs> by now. But they have you finally get to see Kang the Conqueror. And uh, I think uh, the actor, I don't know his name, that played him, but uh, I was uh, I was pretty pleased with it. I thought it was good. And Loki, I, I want to say that's my my favorite of the Disney Plus Marvel shows so far. As uh, I am excited to see what comes up next as uh, 
there is I do, I'm looking here doing a little Google search to see what uh, is coming out next as I need more of a fix um oh they got the uh, next uh uh to come out is the Marvel's animated series what if uh let's see here I don't see like a timeline on when uh <clears throat> Man, there's a lot of pop-ups on. Fuck this this website. Uh, oh, here we go. This is, Screen Rant's got a better thing here, I guess. There you got the 13 Marvel TV shows releasing after Loki and when. Here we go. Just give me the list. I don't need all this. Uh, okay, What If is... Oh, it's coming right up. It's August 11th is the What If series. Uh, so that's a cartoon series. Um Let's see, Loki, that one's Loki explored the concept of alternate timelines, but Marvel's What If begins the studio's foray into the multiverse, which, uh, spoiler to it, you know, opened up the multiverse at the end of uh, Loki. And uh, premiering on August 11th, What If brings back actors from all across the MCU, many of whom reprise their roles, but with certain twists, Haley Atwell is now Captain Carter, and Michael B. Jordan is the king of Wakanda, for instance, because it's an animated series. Marvel Studios is able to revisit key moments in the franchise with new characters and ask themselves, what if something else had happened in a particular scene at the moment? What if is believed to be a standalone series without any repercussions for the overarching franchise, but that may not be the case with the Watcher also appearing in the show. Anything is possible. Oh, uh, late in 2021, we're getting Hawkeye. I guess there's a uh, doesn't specify when that show will come out, um, which I feel is kind of like the least important Avenger. I mean, he's just a he's an archer. <laughs> it might be a good show though. You know, I like the Punisher. He's not uh, he doesn't have any superpowers or anything, but he likes to kill people, and it gets pretty brutal. I loved the Punisher. John Bernthal's Punisher, which I believe I read, and maybe I talked about this on the show before, but I had read somewhere that uh, they're going to possibly bring him back as the Punisher, which would be fucking great. I thought he was fantastic as the Punisher. Uh, he was great on The Walking Dead as Shane, too. He's a, he's a great actor. Um, so that, w- that would be awesome. But, uh, yeah, that uh, I guess Hawkeye's probably related to the... the uh, has some kind of tie-ins with uh, Black Widow. I guess, uh, maybe anyway, I did. I haven't seen black widow yet. I, uh, I'd like to go see it in the theater, but I'm working so much. I don't have time to go see anything in the theater really. And if I were to actually sit in a movie theater, I know I'm just going to black out. (laughs) I'm going to sit there and just pass out. Still haven't seen anything in the theater since episode nine of star Wars, which came out in December of 2019, I believe. And, uh, man, it's a shame because I used to go all the fucking time to the movies. Love that stuff. Um, uh, as far as, like, next shows, though, uh, Miss Marvel is coming out, again, late 2021. No release date as of the writing of this article. Uh, begins with the teenage superhero Kamala Khan into the MCU. Long before there was ever talk about TV shows firmly set within the franchise that directly connect to the films let alone series on a streaming service like Disney+. Plus, Marvel wanted to explore adapting Miss Marvel on the big screen that ultimately turned into a TV project. Uh, 
but one that will build into the Marvels, in which Iman Vellani will reprise her roles as Kamala. While her story may be faithfully adapted in some ways, there's bound to be a handful of changes, such as where Miss Marvel gets her powers from. In the comics, Kamala is an inhuman, uh, but considered that species is no longer of interest to Marvel Studios, she may become something else. So far, six episodes are confirmed to air on Disney+, Plus, but it's unclear if that's if there's potential for a second season following the Marvel's release. Um, so far, I'm not real interested in these shows. But I, you know, I haven't even seen trailers for this shit, so maybe, maybe it'll be good. I don't know. Um, uh, then we have Moon Knight. And, uh, at this point, the MCU, it's difficult to uh, surprise viewers with a new type of superhero, but that's what Marvel hopes to do with Moon Knight, starring Oscar Isaac as the titular hero and Ethan Hawke as the villain. Um, I like both of those actors. Uh, Oscar Isaac, of course, was in. Uh, the the newer Star Wars trilogy as Poe Dameron and uh, shit the uh, movie about the uh, robot the cyborg <laughs> the name eludes me but that was a that was a good movie uh, and of course Ethan Hawke's been in some great shit you know Training Day is possibly I think my favorite role of his he was uh, great in that with played so well with Denzel uh, but uh, but yeah. That sounds like a good cast as far as that's concerned. So maybe I'm a little excited about that. But it says here, uh, for a long time, the character has been described as Marvel's Batman, someone who uses martial arts and gadgets to fight crime. But there's a key difference. Moon Knight comes with multiple characters. Mark Spector, who suffers from disassociative identity disorder, is referred to as a conduit for the Egyptian god Khonshu, uh, who's granted Mark superhuman strength, endurance, and more, particularly during a full moon. Though overall he may seem normal compared to someone like Thor, his uniqueness comes from what's going on behind the mask. Every one of Mark's identities represents a different character, which will be exciting to see explored outside of the comics. And let's see here. Oh, She-Hulk. That one. I feel I can get behind that one. I... I didn't know about that one. That one's coming out sometime in 2022 here. Soon, it says, uh, Hulk won't be the only green giant in the MCU. Marvel is developing She-Hulk with Tatiana Maslany, portraying the eponymous character who's confirmed to be the cousin of Mark Ruffalo's Bruce Banner, just like in the comics. What sets this series apart from the rest of Marvel Studios shows is that it won't necessarily be a drama or an adventure like Loki, but instead a comedy of sorts. In the series, Jennifer Walters is a lawyer who specializes in superhero cases, and so Marvel is aiming to turn the series into a legal comedy. But beyond finally getting She-Hulk in-universe, the series will bring back Mark Ruffalo's Hulk as well as Tim Roth's Abomination. I'm excited. Love me some Tim Roth. Uh, He was last seen in The Incredible Hulk uh, with uh, Edward Norton, uh, of course, uh, though he will soon return in Shang-Chi, uh, She-Hulk is currently filming and is expected to release on Disney Plus sometime in 2022. That one, oh, let me some Tim Roth. That'll be that'll be good. And uh, next one they got slated for release, I guess, is Secret Invasion. As uh, long before one of Marvel's next crossover projects, the comic book story arc Secret Invasion 
is being turned into a TV series instead. Oh, oh yeah, because I guess they were going to do it, I guess, in the movies. But uh, it may not have as many superheroes as fans would have wanted, but the core concept will remain the same. The Scrolls, uh, which I guess were first in uh, Captain Marvel, in the uh, MCU at least, uh, the Scrolls will still invade Earth and disguise themselves among humans. This has already been set up throughout films like Captain Marvel and Spider-Man Far From Home, as well as the end of WandaVision. Uh, Samuel Jackson and Ben uh, Mendelsohn uh, will reprise their roles as Nick Fury and Talos, respectively in Secret Invasion, though it's safe to assume some other characters from the MCU could appear to, as has been the case with previous Marvel shows. Oh, there's a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. <laughs> uh, is that like a gag on uh, possibly the Star Wars? Let's see here, it's been four years since Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 hit theaters. It'll be another two years before the third film comes out. Still, in the meantime, audiences have seen the Guardians fight alongside Earth's mightiest heroes in Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. And they'll return for the first time in Phase 4 in Thor Love and Thunder. So excited for that one. Uh, But before they appear in their own movie again, Marvel will produce the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which will release in holiday of 2022 and bridge the gap between Thor 4 and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. It's also seen the main cast return in their roles, and given its name, TV special is expected to take some inspiration from the notorious Star Wars holiday special, which it's got to, right? That's fucking great. And then uh, these other ones don't really have a whole lot to say about it, but there's there's several more uh, in the works here. I am Groot. (laughs) I'm thinking about that. That's... Uh, that's like future and stuff. Like, I guess that's going to be more of a cartoon. That's, uh, the guardians of the galaxy holiday special will only be the beginning as Marvel plans to release a series of shorts. Okay. It's a short centered around Groot. It's unclear what exactly the I am Groot series will be about or who will appear in it aside from Groot. But considering how popular the character is and how lovable people find Grogu, it's possible Marvel has a bona fide hit on their hands already. I don't know. The character doesn't really have much depth, though. I mean, the only lines it ever says is, I am Groot. And then maybe says it with slight different emph- emphasis. Uh, but that's that's like the bigger ones. There's other ones. Ooh, Armor Wars. What this? Iron Man-related series coming in the near future. Armor Wars brings back Don Cheadle as War Machine following his cameo in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That sounds exciting. Back uh, back in Iron Man 2, Stark said the world was another 10 or 20 years away from developing technology close to his, and that timeline tracks, for the most part, Armor Wars is about those other companies catching up to Iron Man's tech, trying to replicate it first by stealing designs that were sold by them by Justin Hammer. And Iron Man then fought several armored characters in an attempt to regain control of his work. With Iron Man gone, War Machine will lead most of this story with fans hoping Sam Rockwell return as Hammer. But, uh, yeah, there's then there's just a lot of stuff with uh, the other one, too. I guess before the I, Ironheart is another one uh, that's uh, taking place uh, sometime in the near future. Well, I guess in the next couple of years. Uh, that one uh, doesn't seem like there's... yeah. It's, I don't think it has to do with Tony Stark. <laughs> Maybe it does. Uh, very early, I guess, in the development of that one. So uh, that was an article, too. I don't know if I mentioned it. It's on ScreenRant.com. 
They, they have some good shit. I love me some Screen Rant. As I, I learned a lot of stuff off there about uh, new and upcoming projects. Other things I've been watching, of course, I am just uh, constantly watching YouTube is just the convenient factor of just being able to pull up a video on my phone. Makes it basically the, uh, I guess, network that I watch the most of, but uh, I've always been into World War II history, as I brought up many a times before. Uh, and one of my favorite stories, <laughs> their uh, operations that uh, the British had done, um, there's uh, the, I think, I believe it's called Operation Mincemeat. Um, there's a, uh, yeah, Operation Mincemeat. Here we go. Um, I think that it's thought of Ian Fleming might have thought up because Ian Fleming was in the uh, service. Of course, Ian Fleming is the uh, author of uh, James Bond. Uh, Operation Mincemeat's pretty fucking crazy, though. And uh, let's go over some of the shit here on the Wikipedia page. Uh, but setting it up, like, uh, before we landed, had the uh, D-Day invasion, this was part of the ruse to uh, make the Nazis think we were going to land uh, somewhere other than Normandy. But this is, uh, let's see, Operation Mincemeat was a successful British deception operation of the Second World War to disguise the 1943 Allied invasion of Sicily. Oh, I guess it was of Sicily, sorry, not Normandy. Uh, two members of the British intelligence obtained the body of uh, Glendwer Michael. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that quite right. But uh, a tramp. <laughs> That's what they put it as. A tramp. What is this? Uh, they were living for the times. A tramp who died from eating rat poison dressed him as an officer of the Royal Marines and placed personal items on him, identifying him as the fictitious captain uh, acting Major William Martin. Correspondence between two British generals which suggested that the Allies planned to invade Greece and Sardinia with Sicily as merely the target of a feint was also placed on the body. Part of the wider Operation Barclay, mincemeat was based on the 1939 Trout Memo written by Rear Admiral John Godfrey, the director of the Naval Intelligence Division, his personal assistant. Uh, His personal assistant, of course, was Lieutenant Commander Ian motherfucking Fleming, which, of course, would go on to write James Bond. He was in the British uh, Army as far as... And I believe he was was possibly involved with MI6? I don't know. It was, of course, approved by British Prime Minister Winston Churchill and the military commander in the Mediterranean, uh, General Dwight D. Eisenhower plan began by transporting the body to the southern coast of Spain by submarine and releasing it close to shore where it was picked up by the the following morning by a Spanish fisherman. The nominally neutral Spanish government shared copies of the documents with the Abwehr, the uh, German military intelligence organization at the time, uh, before returning the originals to the British. Forensic examination showed they had been read and ultra uh, decrypts of German messages showed that the Germans fell for the ruse, 
Reinforcements were shifted to Greece and Sardinia before and during the invasion of Sicily. Sicily received none. That is some baller shit, yo. Uh, the full effect of Operation Mincemeat is not known, but Sicily was liberated faster than anticipated and losses were lower than predicted. The events were depicted in Operation Heartbreak, a 1950 novel by the former cabinet minister, Duff Cooper, for one of the intelligence officers who planned and carried out mincemeat. Ewan uh, Montague wrote a history in 1953. Montague's work formed the basis for the 1956 British film The Man Who Never Was, which I need to check that out. I'm, I'm uh, a fond of this uh, this operation. Uh, there's something so great about the, the, but They found a guy that basically, because, you know, they had to have someone at the right age. I think they found somebody that, like in their 30s, and they had to get a fresh corpse to be able to pull this off. You know, you need to find a fresh one. And uh, <laughs> that they did. This guy, apparently, I guess he died of rat poison. Uh, as uh, oh, they have a, a page on here. Or I guess it's in the same page. Uh, so, yeah, the, uh, here it says, uh, Glendware uh, Michael Montague stated that the body was released on the condition that the man's real identity would never be revealed. However, 96, Roger Morgan, an amateur historian from London, uncovered evidence in the public record office that I, the identity of the corpse was a Welshman named Glendware Michael. Uh, a hero without ever really doing anything in life. He was a hero in death. <laughs> um, but it says here, Michael was born in Aberbargoed in Monmouthshire, in South Wales, before leaving the town. He held part-time jobs as a gardener and a laborer. His father, Thomas, a coal miner, killed himself when Michael was 15. His mother died when he was 31. Homeless, friendless, depressed, and with no money, Michael drifted to London, where he lived on the streets. He was found in an abandoned warehouse close to King's Cross, seriously ill from ingesting rat poison that contained phosphorus. Two days later, he died at the age of 34 in St. Pancras Hospital. His death may have been suicide, although he might have simply been hungry as the poison he ingested was a paste smeared on bread crust to attract rats. After being ingested, phosphide uh, reacts with hydrochloric acid in the stomach, generating phosphine, uh, a highly toxic gas. Uh, Purchase explained the dose was not sufficient to kill him outright and it is only effect its only effect was so to impair the functioning of the liver that he died a little time afterwards when purchase obtained Glenware's body it was identified as being in suitable condition for a man who would appear to have floated ashore several days after having died at sea by hypothermia and drowning so one you'd had to find you know a fresh corpse two it needed to be look like it died from like drowning. You can't just have somebody that was shot or beaten in the head. Well, I mean, he was a soldier. Maybe you could have him shot. Um, but it had to meet, you know, quite a few requirements. Also, from what I understand, it was very difficult finding getting a body because you, you know, generally speaking, when you have, uh, you know, a family member die, whether it be a father, uh, a brother, a son, whatever, typically they you know, don't want to offer up the body to uh, take place <laughs> so for the army or military in general to just use in some weird fashion. Uh, so, you know, they'd have to get approval from the family and shit, I guess, to use a fucking corpse. Uh, 
And uh, I th- I don't know if they really tried that route a whole lot, but I can imagine that would be very difficult to do. Look, we want to defeat the Nazis in Italy, so uh, we're going to need you to use your husband's corpse. <laughs> He's going to serve his country in death as much as he did in life. But uh, they found it. They got lucky here. This guy just fucking ate rat poison. As uh, <laughs> I look at that picture of him. That's some freaky shit. There's a... Uh, <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's, I think that's some pretty crazy shit. In Normandy, I know that they did also try to, uh, send a lot of false, uh, information out to, uh, make them think that we weren't landing in Normandy. They've created fake landing sites or like, uh, staged areas where they were gearing up for the invasion in different spots by using, uh, blow up tanks and, and stuff and just fake, uh, Vehicles and such. But I did, uh, fun fact, I did watch, I've been watching a lot of infographics uh, on YouTube, the uh, the channel there, and they do, they do like animated stuff to like uh, a lot of stuff. Uh, historically, most of the stuff seems to be around, based around serial killers as they just keep sending way more of those videos to watch on the algorithm of YouTube. It's just like, here you go. Just, just murder, death, kill. Um, but they have a lot of World War II stuff on there as well. And uh, I think it was on there. Maybe it was another YouTube channel. But I, they were talking about somewhere in Germany. They had made a fake airfield where everything was made out of wood. Uh, the planes, everything. It was just all just props. And apparently from the sky you couldn't tell the difference from uh, an actual airfield. However, uh, the Nazis, there was like two Nazis stationed there and they had gotten stuff ready and they were expecting like an Allied bombing to go over like this fake airfield and they're hiding out in this bunker waiting for it to happen. The Allies are overhead and (laughs) they see the bombs drop. They're dropping bombs. They're expecting uh, quite the uh, fireworks show of explosions and... uh, they drop all these bombs and then just thuds. You, there's no explosions and they they get out of the bunker eventually and see that the uh, Allied planes had actually dropped wooden bombs. They were just decoy bombs and written on it was apparently wood for wood. <laughs> so I don't know if they were able to tell on an overhead flight that it was fake or maybe they just got tipped off by somebody else like, yeah, this is a fake airfield, so... Thankfully, the Allies had better information than the fucking Nazis did, as we were able to trick them many times as far as Operation Mincemeat is concerned. And, of course, uh, and when the D-Day invasion happened, uh, they had the fake tanks and stuff that the Nazis bought into. So, apparently, we were better at acting. So, I mean, obviously, of course it's true. I mean, Hollywood makes the best movies, as, uh, you know, Bollywood's uh, probably number two. As they, uh, as far as like production value is concerned, I I don't really care for Bollywood movies. There's too much singing for me. <laughs> There's very few uh, musicals I enjoy, so I'd prefer not to watch a musical. Although again, I there I there's a few that I really do enjoy. I'm a big fan of Rocky Horror Picture Show. That shit is fucking great. Sweet transvestite baby, uh, <laughs> and. It, Fucking meatloaf in there. Fantastic. Uh, Tim Curry's so good. 
as uh, <laughs> a transvestite, uh, Dr. Frankenfurter there, the transvestite. It's fucking great. Um, and the South Park movie, that one's fantastic. I love love that. And other than that, I mean, there's a couple other ones. I think Across the Universe, the Beatles musical, that one I really did enjoy. But I'm, a, of course, a, a fan going uh, way back from my early days as a child of uh, of the Beatles as that was often played in the household because my parents were uh, fond of the Beatles, so I had grown up with that. Um, and, of course, While My Guitar Gently Weeps is my favorite, favorite Beatles song um, with Eric Clapton, of course, appearing on that one which uh, I love the story behind that. From what I understand, I'm just paraphrasing off of stuff that, fuck, YouTube videos I've watched here. But from what I understand, uh, George uh, Harrison, of course, never had like a whole lot of songs on any one particular Beatles album. They would give like one or two songs for George to put on an album. So uh, on that one... (laughs) He was he I guess it was in the early stages of making While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Uh and John and Paul just weren't that interested in it. They weren't like seriously, I guess, working with them on it. And then because uh, George George wrote some awesome songs, but like early on he didn't write as much early on as John and Paul, so he just didn't have like the practice, like getting the the writing in there, and then so like John and Paul were just, you know, doing their own thing. And then uh, to really sell this song, he just uh, got a hold of Eric Clapton, who which he was good friends with, and at the time I believe was in Cream, making such hits hits as uh, "Sunshine of Your Love" and "The White Room," which is a cla- well, man, that's a good guitar part right there. The White Room, I should probably learn that. That's a good wah wah pedal song. But anyway, uh. So uh, George just like brings Eric Clapton over, I, and then uh, gave him uh, a Les Paul to which I think the Les Paul the uh, was one that uh, Clapton had actually gifted George Harrison, if I remember correctly. That might not be right, but uh, he had this Les Paul there at the studio, and then just had clapton doing this lead stuff and then of course you know the other videos like oh fuck eric clapton's here i guess we better you know do some work and it it really (laughs) i mean that song to me is just it just sounds so good i mean the bass line the tone that mccartney has on that it's fantastic and just i mean the rhythm everything goes to weather together so well and then fucking clapton is just fucking nails that lead but i love the guitar solo on that and it was the first real guitar solo I attempted to kind of learn when I was like 15 and learning how to play guitar. Unfortunately, I didn't really, <laughs> I didn't really learn it very, very much of it then. Like there was a, a guy, uh, Don, that, uh, Don McBride that, uh, I went to school with and uh, he showed me a little bit of it and actually wrote out some tab for it. And it was just watching him play. It was just like so much like, holy shit, you are bending science like this can't be real. This is, <laughs> I mean, it's fucking amazing. But like, I've finally, you know, I am forty, <laughs> fifteen at the time. Uh, so I guess twenty five years ago, twenty five years later, I finally uh, 
like, you know what? I'm going to learn this song. Uh, so, so I did, I watched some YouTube videos and well, I, I learned the, the solo, the main solo, but, uh, I kind of knew the rhythm part before, but, uh, like, man, it's so, so fun. Like playing that it's, there's so many bends in that you really got to build your fingers up on that. The calluses need to be hard. They need to be real hard to be able to properly bend that. But now I can, I can nail it pretty well. I've got it pretty much nailed. And that's, that's just, there's just something so fun about that as, uh, love that, uh, clapped in sound that he had on that. And, uh, apparently they use some kind of weird tape effect on it, which gives it almost like a flanger effect that, uh, flangers were, I do not believe were around at that point that when they had uh, recorded that song, um, man, fantastic fucking song. So, so yeah, that's why I like that musical. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure there's probably other a few other musicals, but for the most part, yeah, I wouldn't go for like uh most musicals. I I don't. It's it feels weird to me to be watching something where there's some acting, there's some serious stuff going on all of a sudden, and then all of a sudden they just break out in the song. <laughs> I gotta feel just right to uh <laughs> to watch something like that. South Park musical, that's fantastic. It seems right, and I don't know. I mean, I'm not anti-musical, but there's. There's just a, only a few that I really enjoy. The ones that I enjoy, though, I, I really, really enjoy. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying I touch myself to, like, the South Park movie, but maybe Rocky Horror Picture Show, you know, there's some points in there where it's like, ooh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that movie's so great. Fucking Tim Curry, man. Tim Curry. Susan Sarandon was so insanely hot back then, too. So fantastic. Ugh. There was there was some good moments in that in that film, uh, and oh, it, you know, Meatloaf. Now he was hot. That was some hotness going on there. The loaf. <laughs> uh, I do enjoy some Meatloaf. Now I'm thinking of him in the Fight Club with the boobs when he. I guess he got hormones. I don't remember what the situation was there. I'm not a big Fight Club fan, but uh, I, I that part is kind of funny when Meatloaf has boobs. <laughs> Side note. <laughs> Uh, a lot of my friends were like hardcore into that movie though. That was like a f- big phase in Hollywood. It seemed like that, that time that if I recall, there was several movies that had come out where they try to, there's big mind fuck at the end where like, Oh, I don't know what's real anymore. What was real? What wasn't? Cause spoiler alert, uh, the characters played by Edward Norton and Brad Pitt. They're the same person at the end. And there was a lot of movies around that same time, like uh, I think there's one called Identity with John Cusack, if I recall, where it's also, that one really, I knew a lot of people that loved that one, and it made no sense to me, because in that movie, it's like a following a serial killer, like killing people, but in the end, all the people he killed, they're all, all these characters are him. So then it's like, okay, well then, is he really a murderer? Are these... <laughs> If he didn't kill these people that are him, then did he actually kill anybody? This doesn't make any sense. There's just like there was a long period of there where people just wanted to create a story where it's like you want your mind blown at the end. Like Shutter Island, I think, was one of them. Uh, I feel like that one had a weird ending. Uh, I believe it was Scorsese, DiCaprio's, I know, in that. And... uh, (laughs) 
fucking uh damn it. Now I'm gonna have to look that up. But there was so man, just so many of them were just they try I, I hate that at the end of a movie and you don't know exactly what the fuck happened, like Okay, did, is this real? Is this Inception? You know, it was like one of those fucking movies. And uh, it's an entertaining movie and all. But, like, uh, at the end, you're like, uh, I don't know what to think. It's like a choose, you, choose your own ending. It's It ended the way you want it to end. <laughs> uh, yeah, Shutter Island was Scorsese. Again, good movie, but I, I think that it had one of those weird fucking endings. Like, I don't know... Inception, I think, is the one where it's, if I remember correctly, is that the, I believe that's the one with the top at the end and it's spinning. I don't know. For me, I'd rather you just create an ending that just, like, this is what happened. You know, don't don't question it. Another one that drove me nuts was fucking Sopranos. Which, like, you don't know what happens to Tony at the end. Maybe he gets killed, maybe he doesn't. We're just going to play some Journey and fucking fade out. As they're eating in the restaurant. We don't know. And Gandolfini's dead in real life, so we'll never get him to reprise that role. However, though, the uh, fucking Sopranos prequel looks pretty fucking great. Uh, And that... I'm trying to see what the name... The Many Saints of Newark. Uh, is, oh, is it a movie? That might be a. It's in theaters on October 1st, but I guess it's a movie, man. It follows like young Tony Soprano. And, uh. Let's see here. Maybe, uh. Many Saints of Newark. And, let's see here. I thought it was going to be David Chase, I do believe, is also behind that one. I thought it was going to be another show, but I guess, uh, man, I am completely out of the loop here. I suppose it's a movie. <laughs> Let's see here what uh, IMDb has to say about this shit. Um, of course, it's a prequel. Uh, I'm not seeing a whole lot of information here. The trailer looks pretty fucking good. And Scott, as I was talking about, John Bernthal. It has John motherfucking Bernthal in which I love me some John Bernthal. Mr. Punisher himself. Oh, David Chase didn't direct it. He wrote it, but he uh, they have Alan Taylor directed it. But, I mean, it, Chase is involved. He is, of course, the original creator of The Sopranos. Um trying to see like the full cast here this the guy that plays tony here they he looks a lot like fucking tony soprano okay yeah it is his son uh, michael gandolfini i thought i thought it was his son he looks fuck i mean he <laughs> he looks like tony he's definitely a young tony right there there's that's that's cool and vera farmiga plays his mother who she's got quite I guess she's typecast now as the crazy mother as she played in uh, the Bates Motel where she played Norma Bates, which is classically known as uh, just a fucking psychotic mother. Although I guess in the show she was more of not psychotic is what they turned it in, whereas in the movie she was like crazy. Um, But holy hell, yeah, there's a... Let's 
seeing what Bernthal... It doesn't say what character John Bernthal plays, so I don't know if he's reliving one of the old characters or if he's just a new character for it. Uh, <laughs> Polly Walnuts. Ray Liotta's in it, too. Love me some Ray Liotta. He's a big fan of like Goodfellas. Classic Scorsese flick. I, my whole life, all I ever wanted to be was a gangster. And that's that's my whole Ray Liotta. I don't, I don't really do much of a Ray Liotta. I guess that's more than my Patrick Stewart impression, which is just, Logan! She's your title, Logan! That's it. <laughs> just him saying Logan. But, uh, yeah, I guess I'm good here. As, uh, yeah, it's, it's getting a, a little late near my bedtime. As, uh, I don't get a whole lot of that sleep thing. It's kind of important from what I understand, so... I guess, as always, that is a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can.